Hello, everybody, and welcome to another fun-filled episode of Wake Up Options. My name is Matt, and I'm joined today by Aaron. All the opinions on this podcast are not a representative, not representative of the university or organization as a whole. But then again, it's been a, it's been a while since we recorded, and it's now the summer, so we're a little bit more free today. So, how you doing, Aaron? I'm doing okay. I'm doing all right. Um, you know, I've just been labbing a couple games, uh, mostly sticking with Mortal Kombat 11. Uh, Aftermath came out uh, by the time we're recording this about a week ago. Yep. By the time this goes up, probably a week and a half ago. Yep, week and a half ago. Um, As you yep. guys both mo- both would know, maybe by this point, if you had seen some of the previous episodes, but just in case you haven't, me and Aaron, our origins for playing fighting games in general mainly came from the NetherRealm scene, uh, NRS games such as Mortal Kombat and Injustice. And that's honestly where our conversations are going to stir today. We've had some wilder conversations, but honestly, here in the old... Uh, reserved areas of quarantine mortal Kombat. getting an update has been a great way to stay entertained throughout these trying times absolutely uh the patch notes uh having taken a look at them there's a lot of good stuff a lot of bad stuff depends on who you play uh mm-hmm. story mode for aftermath uh good stuff yeah uh, story well mode be- story mode dlc for a fighting game is rare yeah it's especially well written too um compared to most fighting game story modes, even compared to the base story from Mortal Kombat 11. Yeah. Aftermath is something special. Yes, I saw a cutscene with Fujin. That was really, really good writing. And I'm not going to spoil anything here on the podcast for people who still have yet to go play it, because like we said, it's only been out a week. But all that you can say is them doing a story mode update is something that NetherRealm has never done before, and that's super interesting. I like it when fighting games have very deep meaningful stories that are just as good as any other narrative game out there it might not be any last of us or anything like that but it's still good very interesting to hear especially because they're very character focused i believe yeah it's very character driven uh there's five chapters every mortal kombat based dlc character gets a chapter that said uh sindel does have to split her chapter i'm not going to say who with i'm going to let everybody experience that when they get to it um but this story is really, really carried. Um, it's really carried by the performance of Kari Tagawa as Shang Tsung. Oh, it's so it's, it's so nice seeing him again. We already were super excited when he came out as a DLC uh, originally, just for his yeah, voice lines. And even in the crypt, even in the crypt, Shang Tsung is a treat. And now having him in a full story mode, fully playable in story mode, scheming and plotting and being best shit as ever. ever seen. I love yeah, his stupid grin. I love it. It's so good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's got so many cheeky grins and one-liners, and it's great. But, yeah. Um, I will say, anybody expecting a Frost chapter is going to be a little bit disappointed. Anybody like me expecting a Kano or Aaron Black chapter is going to be disappointed. These are DLC characters only. This is your Nightwolves, your Fujins, your Shiva. Kano is a jobber. He won't get his own chapter. (laughs) Uh, Wait, Mortal Kombat 12. Yeah, hey, hey, hey. You never know. Yeah. But um, it's it's an interesting situation. Mortal Kombat getting a nice update at just the right time, honestly. Them adding oh, three yeah. characters immediately in the place of Fujin, Shiva, and Robocop, which a guest character yeah. that complete that fits the eighties kind of aesthetic that they're going for with Terminator being in the game as well. Oh yeah. Very and he's also the third he's also the not third character, he's the fourth guest character. But also he gives Mortal Kombat yet another Dark Horse crossover comic book battle. Yes. In Mortal Kombat X, we had Alien versus Predator a very iconic Dark Horse comic from the mid-80s, and later a movie series. 
and now we have RoboCop versus Terminator, easily as iconic, and also allows us to get into some death battle, epic rap battle, the history territory that I know a lot of people are fans of. Uh, I mean, this is the internet after this all. Is the, this is the this is the titans of YouTube. Right I, I watched um, a, I watched those when I was a lot younger, and I that's when I I was very young. That's kind of when I found out more about RoboCop at that point of time. Rewatch watch the original movie on that, then watch the sequels yeah. and was disappointed like everybody else. <laughs> yeah, watched the reboot and was just confused why they spent half the movie without RoboCop. Exactly, exactly. Being cop, yeah. I'm, Being I'm, a cop. I, I will say, uh, before Aftermath launched, I did go back and I watched the original RoboCop movie. It's old. It holds up in a lot of ways. And the character of Alex Murphy is a very interesting character in that you don't know a lot about him until after he dies. True. And so you really don't need to know much about RoboCop to play him. Very simple character right here. He's very straightforward. Yeah, his strings are very simple. Um, A lot of his combos are universal, and a lot of his combos uh, normally will end in setups. He's a very setup-heavy character. Let's talk about um, that. Let's talk about that a little bit. This is actually a topic I wanted to talk about because it happens in Mortal Mortal Kombat games, I think, more often than a lot of other fighting games. Guest characters that are really high prominence. You know what I mean? Like Robocop, Terminator, Alien, Predator... Joker. Names that sell games, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think um, Those... I don't know that RoboCop will sell a game for will sell a game to anybody, but anybody that's looking for RoboCop versus Terminator is probably going to sell it for them. I know Spawn. Right. Spawn was a, a game Spawn was the big people. one for Mortal Kombat 11, as was the Joker in some ways, just as a point of interest for the yeah. combat pack uh, specifically. But like I'm talking about all fighting games, not just NRS. Yeah. Yeah, guest NRS characters. really sells their games on guest characters later down the line. They infuse new life. Injustice 2 had the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as well as Hellboy. Um, you really don't get a lot of that in other games. Street mm-hmm. Fighter Five. if you're a fatal, if you're a fan of... Uh, Final Fight. What is it? Final, Final Fight. Fight. You've got some fans there. Smash sells it on their uh, number of... on their varied amount of yeah, characters. Yeah, third party. Yeah, all your third party characters there. Uh, Marvel versus Capcom. They'll sell you on the Capcom characters and the Marvel characters. Equally. Yeah. Um, but most of the games don't go with that. I mean, maybe Tekken. Tekken sold that's a lot what of I was going to say. That's a, that's a parallel I wanted to draw because it's not just about the guest characters themselves. Because guest characters bring hype and they sell the games. That's common knowledge. But what's not it's how good the guest character is? Yes, and that's that's what that's really what matters. I want to touch um, on. Guest characters yeah, so. can be really easy to play and really good at the same time. Mostly oh, yeah. a lot of the time before like a maybe nerf comes in, but like it's to sell the person the character. I think. Oh, yeah. I mean, if we want to talk about Mortal Kombat 11 exclusively, uh, Terminator is, I mean, he's a very standard character. He's very rigid, but the way he plays and the way you play him is very straightforward. He's got one or two game plans. You stick to those game plans, and you're going to win games. Very he's simple a game, mindset. He's a, he's a game-winning character. Um, he may not be the best character in the game or the worst, but um, his game plan is, like, universally good. Mm-hmm. You just want to hit those command grabs, and you want to deal damage. And yeah. that's about all you can want out of Terminator. He is probably the zoner of this, or sorry, not zoner, the grappler of this game uh, in direct opposition to RoboCop, who is a setup and zoning character, who is oddly one of the more complex guest characters that NRS has introduced. Right. All of his combos, you want to either, you he doesn't have any good knockdown strings, so you want to end in his, uh, in his setup tools, either his damage or time or his remote bombs or even just knocking them further into the air with zoning 
RoboCop is a strong character. I wouldn't say um, S tier, but I'd say he's at least high B tier. Yeah, it's pretty. It's it's pretty good, and there's always a tier discussion, and I don't think it's been nearly long enough in the game's life no. cycle to determine that. No matchups get no. built over um, time. But yeah, I think you'll not... definitely see some RoboCop at Evo Online in a month or two. Hey, let's talk about Evo Online. Let's talk about Evo yeah, Online. So Evo Online. Uh, so Evo got canceled. Evo did get canceled as of this podcast. Evo was canceled. Yeah. But Evo, people should know Combo that. Breaker, all the all the majors have been canceled for this year due to the ongoing pandemic crisis that uh, we're experiencing right now, which is it's kind of tragic. Um, but at the same time, uh, you know, it had to be done. Um, you know, I feel bad for everybody that was working the events and working so hard to plan the events and wanted to make them as best as they could for all of the people coming in. But mm-hmm. uh, at the same time, EVO Online is a very unique opportunity for some games that haven't gotten the love and care from the FGC that games like your Tekkens and your Dragon Balls... I would just say not as much mainstream attention. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. so... um, Games with good netcode, as we've discussed before on previous podcasts. Games... The four open online tournaments for EVO Online that were announced a couple of weeks ago were... Mortal Kombat 11 Aftermath. Yep. Killer Instinct, Them's Fighting Herds, and Skullgirls Second Encore. All of which yeah. great games. Yeah. You've heard on the podcast before how much appreciation we have for those games. And refer yeah. back to those for that. I'm very excited for EVO Online. It sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And yep. originally I um, had no interest in EVO trying to do online stuff at all because all the games on their normal listings, like Street Fighter Five and Tekken 7 and... Dragon Ball. Dragon Ball. All have notoriously bad netcode. But again, that's a past conversation that we have had before. Today... Yeah, I think- today's conversation is actually about the we kind of touched on like you know getting love from the fgc from the fighting game community but i want to talk a little bit with my friend aaron because he and i are both we both originate from the same place we started as part there's a subdivision or almost like a subculture within the fgc that people call the nrs scene and there are reasons why they call it a subculture into there and we're going to kind of touch on that into why. So, Aaron, give give a little introduction to that kind of theory. Yeah. So, um, within the FGC, you've got a handful of, like, predominant communities. You've got your Capcom guys who they're like, no, I only play Street Fighter and Marvel versus Capcom. Mm-hmm. That's it. You know, and that's people that are represented online uh, primarily by uh, Maximilian Dude on Twitch and YouTube. And, well, I will say he does play other games. Those are his predominant games. I will say there, it, that culture that culture of that kind of mentality with Capcom has gone away a lot in recent years. In, like, the past yeah. two or three, I think a lot of that is attributed to games like uh, Dragon Ball knocking Marvel out of the water in terms of presentation yeah. and yeah. gameplay. 100%. Yeah, and then you've got your anime fighter guys who are going to stick mostly to your Guilty Gears and now Dragon Ball, and also your uh, your Blaze Blues. Mm-hmm. And, and a little bit those, of Grand Blue guys, Fantasy. Sort of, again, it's a more niche community. It's people that want to, like, they want the certain gameplay style, they want the certain aesthetic, and it all sort of blends together for them. And then you have your, uh, well, you got your 3D guys, but those, they mostly stick to their own games, right? So you've got your DOA guys that are going to stick to DOA. You've got your Tekken guys that stick to Tekken, and you've got mm-hmm. your Soul Calibur guys that right. sort of just float around until they have a new game. Right. But um, the, thing, the thing about those communities is that they they mesh really well together in a lot of the times. But they sometimes do. They do. there is and then you get disconnect. And then you get your NRS guys. Mm-hmm. 
And that's I think a lot disc- of that comes from the fact that NRS is a younger developer than a lot of these other companies. Uh, Bandai Namco has been around for a very long time. Namco created Pac-Man, you know? Capcom goes all the way back. NRS stems from old Midway devs that worked on the old Mortal Kombat games back in the 90s, but it's a very young developer. Their first game was Mortal Kombat versus DC Universe. Yeah, Mortal Kombat. Yeah, MK versus DC a Universe notori- was a game. notoriously panned game. Um, it has its charm, but it is a notoriously panned game, and they really hit the they really hit the um, hit their stride really with their first big title, which was of course Mortal Kombat 2011, mm-hmm. often called Mortal Kombat Nine. And yes. I think that was sort of the turning point for fighting games. Is sort of that era, like the late 2000s, yeah. early 2010s, is when things started mm-hmm. to get a little. Legitimized yeah, between 2008 and 2012. They leaned into that heavily. So mm-hmm. you'll notice um, they always do a good job trying to make sure their games are balanced. Yeah, from um, that point on, that kind of established NRS games, kind of. Like the, the term, yeah. the terminology between NRS games. Mortal Kombat 9 introduced a bunch of us who are much older now into fighting games into a maybe more competitive or to a more modern sense. Because back in the day, oh, yeah. it was... Back in the day, it's like you kind of play your own thing, do your own things. But with fighting games that you have, you own them, you play them personally or with a couple of friends that you know. But with MK9, there was a lot more community outreach and community growth. So there's a lot more communication. Oh, yeah. NRS really – one of the things NRS does really well is they do a really good job of communicating with their community. The community managers through their combat casts, which I'm sure most people watching this understand what that is on Twitch and on YouTube – Go watch the VODs. They're incredibly charismatic hosts, and they do combat casts. They do the Watchtower cast for uh, Injustice when they have that game in the cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they do a really good job of community outreach. Uh, Ed Boone, the creator of Mortal, co-creator of Mortal Kombat, is very active on social media. Yes. Um, so you always have these people that are they're exceptionally good at like communicating with the community. Right, and so the community feels a sense of ownership over these games. So then the uh, question- you'll notice that if you go into the comments section of anything yeah the Um, question then becomes i'm not gonna get into that the question um, then becomes so mortal kombat community it's ever since its launch it's sometimes unlike capcom who are very silent a lot about what their games are and what their development processes are netherrealm has always been a company that has been very straightforward with what they're doing and very receptive to people's responses and questions for like in recent times, like asking for stage requests or yep. back in the past asking for a net code update back to Mortal Kombat X, which they did at the end of the cycle of the game. Didn't have to do, but it was very good that they did because yeah, it they worked do, out they very well. They do a well. really good job of responding to the community, right? So the community is like, hey, maybe for the next game we really want this character, right? And so mm-hmm. uh, who did we get in Mortal Kombat 11? We got Noob Saibot and Jade and Cabal, characters that were heavily requested for Mortal Kombat X and never really showed up. Yeah. Of course, now in Mortal Kombat 11, you've got a lot of people that are like, hey, I want Sindel, I want Nightwolf, I want Fujin, and guess who showed up in this game? Mm-hmm. Sindel, Nightwolf, and Fujin. Then, the now, question gonna... then becomes, why the Netherrealm scene is considered a lot, or has a lot more separation from some of these other scenes, like maybe the Capcom and anime fighters. It's very different. First of all, the gameplay itself. Of, yeah, if, so the if any of you listening have played a Mortal Kombat game, it's very different. The gameplay yeah, style it, is different, but it goes beyond that. Different pace. You got different pace. You got different inputs. Um, even the aesthetic is wildly different, and the development style is different. You know, if you look at how a game is developed in Japan versus in the United States, you know, you've got different work cultures, different ethics. 
and so you have people that are mm-hmm. but then you know maybe developing differently and so the game comes out as a different product right? yeah but killer mm-hmm. killer instinct and skull girls are also both american 2d games that yeah. follow styles that are very similar to like street fighter and uh, other anime sure. fighters in the terms of Skullgirls and stuff like that what i think sets mortal Kombat apart as far as that is i think the community is very different than some of the overarching oh, sure. fgc scenes oh absolutely because if you look at, um mortal Kombat has a very strong online presence you have a lot of people that dedicate entire youtube channels entire twitch streams mm-hmm. to mortal Kombat and injustice right right so if you go back and you look at who's prominent in the mortal Kombat community uh, you've got Ketchup and Mustard over on Twitch and on YouTube. Great guys, uh, amazing commentators, and Beautiful. former players, right? Yep. So that's what a lot of the Mortal Kombat scene is, right? It's former players who really got into the competitive scene around 2011, right? So it's a much younger community as far mm-hmm. as, like, when the game started, right? There's you don't have this yeah. nostalgia back to 1992. Mortal Kombat. You have this nostalgia back to 2010, mm-hmm. 2011. Mm-hmm. Mortal Kombat is always brought into conversation as like the one of the big two in terms of like fighting game origins because the oh, two absolutely. most popular fighting games are like Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat. That's like the thing if you say you play fighting games, those are the two that you like mention in order for people to understand what you're talking about. But absolutely, Mortal... there's a lot of yeah. culture presence for those. Um, I think a big part of it is Mortal Kombat players they play Mortal Kombat, right? So if you go to a, like a Mortal Kombat locals, you're probably going to find an injustice setup. But it's not like you're gonna see Galru Mark of the Wolves or uh, you know Which is a great game. Something like oh, it's a great <laughs> game, amazing netcode on the on the PC ports and on the remasters, but you know, you're not gonna see your your SNK games, you're not gonna see a guilty gear there. You're gonna see Mortal Kombat because that's what people are there for. It's a storied franchise. Yeah. And it has its own and in, a, in, a way you, in a way, you can right? say that about a lot of other scenes, like people who stick to Tekken, stick to Tekken, or Soul Calibur. Or, there are lots of guys who just stick to the one game. What I think makes the Mortal Kombat and NRS community subculture of the FGC really like interesting and worth talking about is that they're broad. They're super broad because there are not a lot of people who want to invest time into Street Fighter because they understand right away, because Street Fighter has the connotation of being a much harder game for some people to learn because it's very mind game oriented. And it, oh, has, sure. it has a lot of nuance and depth. Absolutely. Not to say that Mortal Kombat doesn't, but on the surface of Mortal Kombat, the fatalities, right? Fatalities, yeah, fatalities the violence, the surface-level aesthetic stuff. That is what draws people into Mortal Kombat, so it therefore has a broader community. A, not, a not, necessarily, yeah, not necessarily casual, but a majority being more geared towards casual. Absolutely, and the thing with NetherRealm is that they always do a really good job in packing in the single-player content. So right now we've got the Towers of Time and the Story Mode, which mm-hmm. NetherRealm story modes are always, always the best story modes. In yeah, ever since Mortal Kombat 9, they established themselves as being good narrative storytellers in a fighting game, which Actually. is something that people didn't really consider and forced companies like Street Fighter and I think Dragon Ball Fighters a little bit, but Dragon Tekken Ball Fighters, even. yeah, Tekken. Games like that to have really strong story modes, or at least to make an attempt to put in a story mode, because there are some in Absolutely. there that make attempts that are bad. Street Fighter Five. Street Fighter Five's uh, attempt. Was I'm not, very I'm not calling out anybody who enjoys the Street Fighter Five story mode, but we all know why you play Street Fighter. You don't play it for the story. You know, if you're going to play mm-hmm. an injustice, right, you're going to experience the story mode because, quite frankly, Injustice is not only one of the better comic book runs to come out recently, but it's also one of the better video game stories to come out over the past. 
you know, it's a, it's a very like it's that. a very good story. It's it can get a little predictable, but that's just how fighting games are, man. It's yeah, getting from fight it, to fight. It plays it in a comic book natural. so well too. Mm-hmm. It feels very natural, and it's not something hugely narrative like uh, a JRPG might have hundreds of hours of content of narrative development. But yeah, or like a Rockstar game is gonna mm-hmm. take you with this one character for four hundred yeah. hours just so that you can see. Oh wow, look, uh, look at uh, the detail. Our horses poop. You know. <laughs> You know, like as much as I love Red Dead too, you know, I don't, I don't need that. I just need like a nice cinematic movie where I'm happen to be doing the fights, right? Hundred mm-hmm. percent. It's the Mortal Kombat community is very broad, but that also leaves a lot of divots in there because the Mortal yeah. Kombat community can also ha- also has connotations of being very whiny. <laughs> yeah, um, if you look at Twitter right now, you go to any any tweet from Ed Boon, you will have two camps essentially you will have the people that are heavily requesting a particular character i don't want to talk about it and you have people <laughs> that you know are just like hey we're, we're kind of done with this can you please move on you know your character was in the last game go ahead and move on give it a rest yeah right? the mortal Kombat, um, me- the nrs mentality kind of devolved over the years because nrs had a very strict development cycle they would yeah, make a game two years. two years and then they'd make another game that kept the revenue going and allowed them to receive enough money from their sponsor Warner Brothers to be able to make uh, games at regular intervals and so it went from 2011 had Mortal Kombat 9 to 2013 was the first Injustice game 2015 was Mortal Kombat X which they continually updated and gave a lot of DLC that was honestly Injustice was their first real foray into DLC content besides MK9 MK9 was very light on it yeah, you got like one set of characters. You know, you got Kenshi, Rain, mm-hmm. Scarlet, the first uh, original character to come out as DLC, by the way. And then you got uh, Freddy Krueger. Yeah. Maybe, maybe if you played on PS4, you got Kratos. But, mm-hmm. You know, PS3. Or, sorry, PS3, PS3 at the PS3, time. PS3, man, that's a long time. <laughs> We're all. You know man. what? That's fine. I mean, I played Kratos. You know, I played a little bit of Kratos. I touched yeah, him. Yeah, uh, yeah. He was a good character, fun, slow. Had, uh, oddly enough, had quick time events in his combos. Yep, I remember blew that. my mind. Blew my mind as a player. <laughs> um, you know, I'm like, wow, is this what fighting games are? This is oh cool. yeah, it's a, it, how it be, man. But yeah, then Mortal no, Kombat then X it, in 2015, Injustice 2 in 2017, and now Mortal Kombat 11 in 2019. Yeah, which... and it's probably going to go through 2021, 2022. Yep. Um, currently, uh, we're not going to talk about the leaks. Actually, let's talk about the leaks real quick. Oh, um, give me that. Give me that. Give me. Okay, so. Okay, so we're going to talk about the leaks real quick. So right now, there's uh, a handful of leaks going around. Um, these are completely unsubstantiated, complete rumor. Sort of just, hey, we sort of mined the... Uh, mined the, the source code of, of the PC yeah, version. PC version of Aftermath. And uh, there are rumors going around that Sector, Cyrax, and the boss character, Mortal Kombat 11 Chronica, are going to end up being playable at some mm-hmm. point. Uh, we're not 100% sure, but uh, in interviews, uh, Ed has... Ta- Ed Boone, sorry, I can't refer to him by first name. Just, <laughs> you, don't, you don't know him like name. that. You don't know him like uh, that. <laughs> Mr. Boone has uh, talked about uh, supporting this game well into the future. That's something they talked about when the game was announced at the Game Awards in 2019. It's something that they've been heavily pushing. Like, it's their narrative. We want to support this game for a very long time. And I think they're going to support this game well into the development of uh, their whatever game they put out on PS5. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's going to be really interesting to see what they do there with the upgraded technology. They've been using uh, the Unreal Engine 3 since 2011. 
but uh, you know that's beside the point. At the same time, you know, uh, Sector and Cyrax are very beloved characters. They are yes. icons of the community, not just because they're classic characters from Mortal Kombat 3, but because two of the biggest creators in the Mortal Kombat space have named themselves after these characters. And those creators have gotten nods in Mortal Kombat 11. There's a tower in the game that is called Ketchup and Mustard. Yep. And yep. you know, you get, you know, Sector and Cyrax hop in to attack you. And so they overhauled mm-hmm. the models for Sector and Cyrax. Yeah, the, their new art like, designs oh my and direction God, we're gonna get you know, we're gonna get something crazy from it, right? And they showed up in the story mode. Mm-hmm. I just and hope that they're they individual are characters and not a part of Triborg like they have been in the past. That's a personal thing of mine. But yeah, th- those are characters that I've been following. It'll be interesting. I think if you give them, because they did get upgrades, and while their movesets in story mode were ripped from Triborg, they are brand new characters in look and feel and in how they're acting in the story mode, right? So, like, yeah, sure, Cyrax has never really wanted to be a cyborg, but. He sort of resigned to that role. And Sector, sure, he's been a dick, and he continues <laughs> to be a he continues to be a dick in the story mode. But also, he gets that cool upgrade in a gold and white later on. And I think it'd be really interesting with the variation system to see how they can really flesh out these classic characters that never really got their chance in Mortal Kombat X. Right. Because yeah, we got Cyborg, but and I would love to see their uh, customizable options. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think Sector and Cyrax are the perfect characters to try that out with because they're robots. So they yeah. have interchangeable parts and you can have different moods. And say you want to give this kind of rocket to them, but not this kind. And then, you know, exactly. you can get a lot of interesting stuff going on there. And I know exactly. a lot of people are freaked out because, oh, well, Robocop got a Mortal Kombat 3 Cyber Ninja skin. Well, guess what? So uh, can they. Yeah, that. exactly. Well, also, more importantly, if you mm-hmm. look at, like, uh, Katana has. Um, has an item has items that reference Sindel, and guess what? Sindel is in the game. You know, and yep. people were talking about how, oh, well, Cetrion has wind powers, so that means no Fujin. Look who's in the game. Yeah, it's it's you all know? up to it's all objective, and honestly, we can't we shouldn't confirm anything until things are announced. So that's yeah, why I keep exactly. my yeah. I keep my opinions down until things happen, and that's something yeah, that we don't I, want another we don't want another Ash Williams situation here. Yeah. You know, and I hate I hate to bring that up for Mortal Kombat fans that were expecting Ash, but uh, I don't see it happening. I think they waited a little bit too long. I think there were contract disputes with uh, uh, Bruce with Campbell, the, like yeah, with Bruce Cam- Bruce Campbell's likeness rights. So um, I wouldn't expect Ash Williams. Uh, I wouldn't expect Kronika either. Uh, quite frankly. Um, I don't really, you know, Kronika's an interesting character, but um, really boss characters don't have a history of being playable in Mortal Kombat. True. Um, especially not under Netherrealm, right? So mm-hmm. like 2011, we were supposed to allegedly get Goro, Kintaro, and uh, Shao Kahn, and we never did. Uh, 2015, it's like, oh, well, what about uh, what about Corrupted Shinnok? We have Shinnok and mm-hmm. got nothing. So it'll be yep. really interesting to see uh, if they decide to give us Kronika and if they decide to go all the way with Cyrax and Sector. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, I think they should because why wouldn't you put a character in there that's a fan favorite except for certain pink female ninjas? Uh, <laughs> well, and I'm, I'm, I'm specifically calling that out because that is the current mob on Twitter. Yep. That's, that brings it up. So in our NRS community is very broad and sometimes it can be considered on the casual basis which sometimes sets them apart because some of the people in there do not normally understand 
some of the competitive elements of the FGC entirely, or they're very tunnel-visioned into Mortal Kombat. Like, I I have been that way as well. Until I played Street Fighter Four well after it had came out, like the vanilla edition, I didn't really experiment with other games. And then Killer Instinct came out, and I really got invested in that, and went from there. And it was kind of like me exploring outward. But I know that there are people in NRS scenes that... The NRS scene is either like a stepping stone or something that is very rooted into who they are as far as when they go into the FGC in general or they just stick to the NRS scene, which both options are perfectly fine. But it's this kind of topic and this kind of passion that we have for Mortal Kombat and our history with it that kind of cement that's like, you know, know where my our roots are. And it's very important to remember that. And for a lot of people with Capcom, they feel the same way about Street Fighter. And so that's why we care so much about the direction of MK11 and where it goes. And we can, you know from these previous podcasts, people that are listening, that we're passionate about all types of fighting games. But me and Aaron here, we started with Mortal Kombat. That's the kind of games that we really liked. And it took us longer than some other communities to branch out because there wasn't exactly as much interwoven communication. Because the NRS scene is considered a part because of its more casual nature, I feel. The NRS scene is still extremely important to the overall FGC scene because it is still integral and it's still part of fighting game culture and origins. But it's oh, not absolutely yeah. It sometimes isn't as interwoven as some of these other communities because of the perceived notion of it being of a more casual nature. Absolutely, I think the casual nature of Mortal Kombat and sort of the uh, the casual appeal of Mortal Kombat, similar to the casual appeal of Smash, sort of. Tr- to set it apart, but because of the way Mortal Kombat plays, and because there are plenty of Mortal Kombat players that do sort of jump the gap, and a lot of people do jump over to Mortal Kombat, um, it is a very interesting scene in and of itself. And while I can't say it can carry the weight of a solo Smash tournament, because Smash is obviously its own community, um, the way Mortal Kombat interacts with the FGC is very interesting insofar as you can get a solo Mortal Kombat tournament and you'll get some impressive numbers but if you put it at an FGC tournament it'll pump those numbers up immensely Mm -hmm. Mortal Kombat 11's numbers at EVO were one of the highest partly because the game just came out but also partly because Mortal Kombat is like it's an event it's a spectacle right if you're watching a Mortal Kombat match you're, you're watching it for the spectacle. You're not just watching it because, oh, you know, I like Katana or I like watching somebody play Kotal Khan, right? You're not there for Kotal Khan. You're mm-hmm. there because you want to see Kotal Khan rip somebody in half. Yeah, right? I mean, it is a spectacle when it comes to, like, the fatalities and stuff like that. And that harkens back to arcade culture. Absolutely. And other, other fighting games are like that, too. Other fighting games are very, very spectacle-driven. Yeah. Uh, Mortal, Kombat, Mortal Kombat fans being the way they are they can be just as pat they are just as passionate as everybody else and that's the real point that i am trying to say for this specific topic because although they're separate in a little bit they're still the same mindset as anybody else playing any other fighting game which is why why this gap that people have like people who play mortal kombat have a deep sometimes have a deep aversion to playing other games that aren't mortal kombat or injustice yeah, I mean, I broke out of that uh, going into my freshman year, so about two, three years ago. I was a complete beginner to fighting games. I was playing Injustice 2 almost exclusively, 
I'd played Mortal Kombat 9, I'd played Injustice 1 a little bit, but I came in to my first Injustice 2 tournament with our boys Fighters Guild. Make sure hey. if, you're in the Ox- if you're in the Oxford or Miami University area, come check us out when uh, things get back up and running. In the fall, baby. Uh, yeah, in the fall. Um, and, you know, I, I didn't play any other games. And then right after that, it's like, hey, Aaron, you should come check out some other games. And I'm like, okay, I'll try it. And, like, one of the first other games I played, of all things, was, like, King of Fighters 14. Mm-hmm. You know, I played in an early tournament for that. I wasn't very good, but it looked fun. Um, you know, and then after that, it's like, hey, Dragon Ball Fighters just came out. You want to give that a try? It's like, man, I don't really know much about Dragon Ball. Everybody's Goku, right? You know, so I, <laughs> set up with a, I got set up with a Goku team, and uh, I didn't do too well. Um, I kind of had a spite against Dragon Ball for a little while, and then, you know, I got back into it over the quarantine, and Android 17 is still my boy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't care how bad or good he is. He's Android 17. Yeah, I mean, but it's like, it's like taking those steps. It's very yeah, different. Exactly. The games are very exactly. polar opposite. Uh, games, traditional, some traditional fighting games like Street Fighter are very different from how Mortal Kombat oh, sure. operates, as we've I already mean, touched on. Yeah, Mortal Kombat has your dial-up combos. It's got slightly different motions for everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, um, we already touched on that. It, it's, exactly. It's, so. And then you've got something that's a little bit more freeform, right? Uh, a lot of people call Mortal Kombat rigid or mm-hmm. slow or stiff. And I think um, a lot of people would look at other fighting games and say, oh, well, your graphics aren't as good. You know? And it's like, that's, that's not the point. We're all here to play video games, bro. Just right. have some fun. You know, it's just enjoy, a game. Enjoy what you like, right? Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's a big takeaway for the communities is both the FGC at large and the Mortal Kombat community. They need to just sort of look at, like, oh, well, this character kind of plays like this character from this game, or, oh, I really like how this game does this one thing or Mm -hmm. this other thing, right? So, like, I'm a big fan of how Mortal Kombat handles the gravity system, right? So, like, Mortal Kombat has that Mm -hmm. scaling gravity. The more hits in a combo, the higher the gravity, the harder it is to keep the system going. Um, And, you know, I wish more games would introduce something like that, but also I adore Killer Instinct's uh, aesthetic, and I love the music. And I'm a mm-hmm. big fan of combo breakers. And uh, as you've pointed out, the netcode in Killer Instinct is top of the industry. Oh, yeah. In fact, the game came out like over five years ago, over six years ago, you know? Mm-hmm. Way, well so over, now, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so we're, we're talking about a game that came out at the birth of the generation mm-hmm. having netcode that's better than games that came out in 2020. You know, if you look yeah. at like the netcode for, if you look at the netcode that comes out for an Arxis game, 2020 you know grand blue fantasy versus yep it's like it's like steps above right because they pioneered this they exceptional net they code. built it from the ground up to be as good as it could be it was a priority exactly. and that's exactly. what and that's and it was a huge deal because like it was a big deal for xbox players right because traditionally xbox is not the uh, platform of choice for fighting games mm-hmm almost always playstation right, right now pretty much uh, playstation, yeah, 4 PlayStation or has, PC. yeah playstation has exclusives in street fighter 5 and it's got uh, king of fighters 4 significantly yeah exactly and it's also significantly bigger in japan right and a lot of the fighting game players are like well if they don't play it in japan why would i play it right right um and i that does get into the mortal Kombat injustice sort of thing where it's like it's very heavily a western game right you'll see it you see it a lot in south america brazil mm-hmm. Chile, they've got some really strong Mortal Kombat players. Uh, Canada, the UK have really strong Mortal Kombat players, but all of those places also have really strong Street Fighter players, or really strong Marvel 3 players, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. So I think, 
Yeah, and I think the the big thing is that like it's all in a big interconnected world. So why can't this community be a little bit more interconnected too? You know? Yep, I think people just have this have a disposition sometimes when they're part of a more traditional games that they look down they sometimes look down on the nrs scene as being way too casually oriented it's kind of like striking that balance they want more people in the nrs even though there are very very good and very dedicated competitors they look at it as like you know the sonic fox scene it's like where he came from it's like that he's the only player pro player that matters from that he's different but everybody else just plays mortal Kombat and whatever to them you know yeah, uh, I will point out there are some phenomenal online warriors for Mortal Kombat that are about to show everybody what's up in Evo Online. I'm gonna oh say that boy. right now. Oh boy. Um, I I mean, if we want to talk characters coming out now, Shiva I think is gonna be a strong character. She's got good damage, surprisingly good mix for a slow character like her. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, no command grab. Uh, they gave that to RoboCop. You know, it's, somehow it's just gonna it's just gonna happen. You know, I think. I think we're going to see a good showing from Fujin. We're already seeing some people dealing with some of his more complicated tech. I think he's yeah. one of the more complicated characters in the game. Uh, Shang Tsung has a touch of death now. Like, yep, you know, all those, very saying, all, those, all those people saying that, you know, Mortal Kombat's such a slow game, they need more damage. Uh, there's your touch of death. I don't oh, know what yeah. to tell you. Mortal Kombat um, stuff, I think, it, it does I think Shao, I think Shao Kahn's about to be a force to be reckoned yeah. with. He got a lot of buffs in the recent update. I yeah. think... Um, I think Kano is pretty stagnant. I don't expect Kano to change much in his gameplay. All they really did is they made it so that you can combo into his armor break move. Mm-hmm. That's about it. Pretty much. Um, I would expect to see a lot less people playing Cetrion, and I would expect to see a lot less people playing Gyrus. Both got a lot of adjustments in the last patch. Um, yeah, balancing. It's how it be. Yeah, ba- balancing, yeah. Um, feel free and to hopefully read, it's feel not free that to read good Gyrus notes. balance. Hopefully, Gears doesn't get better with these nerfs. Uh, that would be unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, I'm really excited to see how Evil Online goes. Um, obviously, a big part of fighting games is the mind game of your opponent, but when you're playing online, it's totally different. Oh, Take it for, for I mean, sure. I, I played Injustice 2 online a lot. I played Mortal Kombat 11 online a lot uh, last year. Uh, online is a very different animal. It does. Uh, it you is. Get, Most certainly. You, got, you have to d- deal with different things. You know, you have to think about, oh, well... You know, this person's internet's a little bit slower than mine. I'm going to have to watch out for certain things a little bit more, right? I expect Scorpion and Sub-Zero to be dominant in EVO Online. Scorpion is still a very deadly character online, even at high levels. Sub-Zero is almost unblockable online. Maybe in pools. Yeah, they will be very strong in pools. I think EVO Online is going to be, it's probably going to have better... Prominent um, versus strong, that's a different discussion. That is true. I think Evo Online is going to have a bigger turnout than Evo ever had. I think part of that is because Evo is in Las Vegas, right? How many people are going to be able to get all the way out to Las Vegas? Yeah, you, know, you got to like remember Las Vegas is like almost like a vacation for a lot of people too, because I mean you're in Vegas. Exactly right. So you've got see, you've got your um, a lot of your college students can't afford to get out there. They can't afford the hotel. They can't afford to play. And fighting games are very big on college campuses. Uh, this was something that was touched on by Ketchman Mustard when they were talking about how to grow your locals and how to grow your scene. Yo, uh, shout out to the one college called Miami University. <laughs> right, right. It's like, the, it's one of the bigger scenes for fighting games. You know, you can get like 40 people showing up to a single meeting and maybe mm-hmm. 20 or 30 people in a tournament is probably the most I've seen us do. Yeah. Um, we, we can pull big numbers. Um, I think there is 
a desire out there for more fighting game oriented stuff for content yeah it's just that's the reason why we talk about the whole nrs subculture thing if you're wanting to expand locals and if you have locals in your own city during this summer that obviously cannot make it together because of the whole rona and if you like that, it's just something to consider the perfect games (laughs) i would agree but yeah i mean not just not just from a gameplay standpoint because those games are works of art but also because the netcode is industry leading. And I, I would say the netcode is better than most shooters. Yeah, definitely so. I would say it's something to keep in mind how these communities function. You got to look at a community from all the different angles to figure out how it operates so that you can run your local stuff the best you can. And understanding the relationship between NRS and the FGC culture is super important to this. Absolutely. I think uh, if people are wanting to expand their locals into online tournaments, which Mortal Kombat has some amazing online tournaments already, you can find those um, advertised all over the Mortal Kombat 11, uh, sorry, the Mortal Kombat Discord, or not Discord, uh, subreddit, actually. The Mortal Kombat subreddit is, it's, it's okay for memes, there's some solid fan art, um, a lot of discussion, a lot of whining, uh, but yeah, you'll see that on any fighting, you'll see that on any subreddit. Yep. The broader your community um, think, is, the more the whining will be. Oh, absolutely. If you saw the, if you saw some of the communities online, online, it's like, how do I stand the whining on the Dungeons and Dragons subreddit, man? <laughs> Yo, but those people, they, the people in charge of that won't listen. Oh uh, no, no. But uh, seriously, Mortal Kombat is one of those games where it has a strong casual audience, but uh, the dedicated audience that's been here since 2011-ish is amazing, right? Like. Oddly enough, uh, Fox started when he was, you know, about college age, right? You yeah. know, 16, 17, 18. So um, you know, high school, high, high school, college, right? So uh, it's it's the perfect game for young people that just want to relax and sort of play online and goof around with their friends, pulling yeah. off now friendships, which, by the way, Epic Jack's guy is the best thing I about love, I love his a fighting game. It's very good. Yeah, a lot of great friendships. And, uh, if you can, if you catch us online, uh, just know I will be throwing a shrimp on the Barbie every time I get a chance. <laughs> I agree. It Mortal Kombat 11 is a better game that people give it credit for, and the NRS Absolutely. community is better than people give it credit for. That's the two takeaways you should be getting from today, my yeah, dear absolutely. listeners. Absolutely. Don't let don't let the controversies of a single game's gameplay define how the game is. You know, everybody's like, oh. Injustice 2 is a zoners-only game. I might as well be playing a shooter. I don't want to play Deadshot. I want to play Cheetah. Then play Cheetah. Yeah. Who cares? Go for you it. Know? Deadshot got nerfed anyway. It's not It's not a problem. <laughs> Injustice 2 Injustice is a much more balanced game than people give it credit for. It you is. Know? If you it, play everybody Bane has or Green Lantern, kind of Bane and Green Lantern can still thrive. Mm-hmm. You know, you just have to have the, the tools to get around Zone. Yeah. And that's, that, that's, all, that's all it is. You just have to know what you're doing. It's you know, true. and get used to the, fu- the fundamentals are everything, and Mortal Kombat is a very fundamentals-heavy game. It is a fundamentals-heavy game. Mortal Kombat does rely on that, or at the very least, 11. MKX, less so. but MKX was, you know, uh, it was, uh, it was a, it was a 50-50s in armor. That was a good it, game for that. <laughs> it, it, was, it was a spastic mess, but Takeda was fun, so, you know. It was a spastic but fun game. And if you're Absolutely. having fun in your game, that's all that matters. The community will Absolutely. follow. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think the more fun a game is, the better the game is. It doesn't necessarily need to be super balanced or like intricately complex or deep, you know? 
even if it's not it really doesn't matter mm-hmm. right as long as you're having fun who cares right like if you have fun with dive kick then you have fun with dive kick mm-hmm. yeah have fun yeah. with dive kick do what you need and in this current climate and how the summer is going to go right now a lot of i know a lot of people who listen to this are college students and people who attend fighters guild so the people that are listening your summer's will be very slow and boring and probably closed in so pick up a new fighting game or something of that sort pick up something seriously, you normally mortal, wouldn't play and mortal Kombat no, is a great way to start <laughs> absolutely they bundled the combat pack with aftermath with the main game for 60 bucks on the playstation store absolutely beautiful purchase if you're looking to spend standard games amount for some fun yeah there's a lot to discover a lot to go in with and, and if you do not want to play mortal Kombat, that's fine too practice and lab Learn the game so that you come ready to go in the fall for when when you want to learn more, when you want to be taught more, and when you want to compete more. Or just stay, or just play casually and have fun. That's all that matters. And remember, you got to keep an eye on your wake-up options. Thanks, everybody. Have That's a good right. <laughs> what a good way to end. But anyway, guys, yes, this has been Wake Up Options. Thank you for listening. We are out of time. But again, the opinions... And the points presented here on this podcast are not representative of the organization and university as a whole, though it would be sad if our opinions were that radical. Right. But this has been Matt and Aaron, and we'll see you guys next time, which will hopefully be more frequent. Yep. Season two coming soon. Keep an eye.